Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, let's see if this is any better at all. I'm uh, going to go quickly here and give you some thoughts on uh, Kobe Bryant and the difficult situation that many people are, uh, are dealing with in the wake of uh, this tragedy in, uh, in the uh, outskirts of, uh, of Los Angeles. Uh, let's start here. Um, I don't ever think there are any easy examples or easy uh, answers in situations such as these. It's rare in the world of sports, relatively speaking, that someone of this magnitude dies suddenly like this. We had Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, before me, we had Robert Clemente, Thurman Munson. But the analogy that I think best applies here in many respects is Princess Di in, uh, in 1997. And the reason why I would use that analogy is there seems to be a groundswell of disappointment and a lot of that is connected for several different reasons. But I think one big part of it is we feel like Kobe Bryant grew up with us, much like England felt like Princess Di grew up with them. And similarly, and around the same age, it happened all of a sudden out of nowhere and felt so abrupt and tragic in uh, similar to the way that Princess Di uh, died, she also left behind two young kids. Um, and Kobe is leaving behind three young kids. And when you really start to break it down, I have said this, and, and I think it's important. I think people who are parents will understand it. When you become a father or a mother, your life changes forever. And it changes forever because you have a degree of love and joy that you've never experienced before, but you also have new fears and new fears that you didn't even comprehend or contemplate or understand prior. And I would say the Kobe Bryant tragedy combines the two biggest fears that most parents have. And those two biggest fears in order, regardless of whether you're a mom or dad or whether you are a, uh, a first-time parent, second-time parent, whatever you are, when you have that first child, doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic. It unites everybody around the world. The first fear is that something will happen to that child. That is the biggest fear of every parent on the planet, bar none. And it's a fear you didn't know until you had a child yourself and you couldn't compre comprehend and you couldn't understand it, right? That's number one. The second biggest fear is that you, as the parent, will have something happen to you that keeps you from being able to raise those children. And this Kobe Bryant tragedy combines the two biggest fears of every parent. Kobe died alongside of his 13-year-old daughter, his second oldest daughter, and he left behind three young daughters, meaning they will never get the opportunity for him to raise them to adulthood. And if you really crystallize every parent, I'm telling you right now, those are the two biggest fears that every parent has, and they're combined in this tragedy with Kobe Bryant. 
uh, with both a, a child dying and also a parent dying before he's able or she's able to raise those children. Uh, that is a brutal story that I think gives some credence to why this story transcends sports and has moved so rapidly uh, around the world and certainly around the country. Um, and on top of that, I think this is a uh, this is a really difficult story because so many people feel like they knew Kobe because we know he went to prom with Brandy because he grew up with us. And there's a there's an, also a group of people who are around my age that feel like Kobe Bryant was our generation. Right. Um, he was 41 years old when he died. I'm 40. But you feel like you grew up with him and everybody out there has an athlete that they're around the same age of or multiple athletes that you feel like you know a little bit more because they went through life's uh, growth uh, patterns like you did. They got married. They had kids. They had successes and failures at work. And those long-range connections are uh, are so paramount in the way that we interact with people we may not know, but that we've spent a lot of our time watching. And and so on top of that, uh, I think the challenge here as, as you move forward is just trying to come to grips with the suddenness of it. And that's why this morning on my radio show, I said, everybody's going to have tragedy in your life. You can't control when tragedy is going to happen. You can't control uh, when awful things are going to suddenly happen to you and your family. But the one thing that I have learned, I think, from having seen and had bad things happen throughout, uh, throughout uh, you know, everyone's life is every time you can, and this is something that I reinforce every time a story like this happens, when you are on the phone with your kids or with your parents or with your grandparents or whoever they are, end every conversation with I love you. Most of the time, even if you're fighting or you're not getting along, those are transitory elements that aren't going to last very long. And you truly never know how long or how often you will have the opportunity to talk to the people that you love again. And so I think like in cases such as these where tragedy is sudden and unexpected and without any sort of idea that it might occur, this is something that I think is a lesson that everybody can take. I try and end every call with my parents or with my kids or with my wife by saying I love you uh, for this exact reason, because you just don't know what might happen. Um, and I think this hit me in a particular way. Uh, because I, one of the things that I love to do is coach Little League Baseball and Little League Basketball. Uh, and I've got kids. Today is my oldest kid's 12-year-old birthday. I've got a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And I'm down in Miami right now for the Super Bowl this week, and we'll be on Lock It In in a little bit uh, from a huge set down on South Beach. Uh, and I did Radio Row this morning. We did three hours on Kobe. I'd encourage you. Uh, to go listen to that show. I thought our group did a, a good job analyzing and discussing uh, the, the, the life and legacy of Kobe Bryant. But I went from coaching Little League basketball, nine-year-old uh, basketball, to immediately getting into a car and driving to the airport. And I think there are lots of us out there that work a lot and spend a lot of hours pursuing whatever it may be in our craft that we want to be successful in. But ultimately, we understand that our ultimate life legacy is going to be the kids that we leave behind and what their remembrances are of us. Were you a dad and a mom who was present? Were you a dad and a mom who were involved in your kids' lives? Or were you so focused on your own self that you missed a lot of the moments that they were involved in? And I think Kobe uniquely made that transition between being a pro athlete, where everything really when you're a pro athlete is about you. 
It's about your success. It's about whether or not you win. It's about everybody trying to make things better for you. And I think he uniquely made that transition well. You know, a lot of athletes struggle when they leave behind the sport. But it seemed to me like Kobe, uniquely for many athletes, had engaged and become a selfless version of himself that was focused on his children. He had four young daughters. And the 13-year-old daughter seemed like he had a particular kinship to uh, because she appeared to play basketball and have much of the mindset that he did. And it was like looking in the mirror in some way. And he seemed so excited at the idea of teaching her the things that he had learned so that she could be helped uh, in her own life by the lessons that he had learned. And ultimately, that's what every parent is trying to do. And every parent is trying to use whatever we learned uh, along the way to make our kids uh, be able to handle life's challenges and struggles and opportunities better than we might have been able to handle them ourselves. And uh, I think Kobe had made that trans transition really well. And so I do think for a lot of people, it's not just Kobe. It's not just his daughter. It's the suddenness of it and uh, the recognition that even people like Kobe Bryant, who seemed larger than life, mythical even, this is a man who made two free throws after he had torn his Achilles tendon. This is a guy who scored 81 points the second most points that have ever been scored in the history of the NBA. This is a guy who famously, when Matt Barnes tried to inbound the basketball directly in front of him and tried to punk him by looking like he was going to throw the ball right in his face, didn't even blink. And how many people out there can even do that? To me, that was the perfect metaphor of Kobe Bryant's career. Matt Barnes tries to throw a ball right in his face, and he just doesn't even blink because he called the bluff. It's really one of the most remarkable things, uh, you know, a metaphor for this entire story of Kobe Bryant's career. And it is, uh, it is amazing uh, to see it all um, happen and take place uh, the way it did. Um, I uh, appreciate all of you. I would say to you, uh, regardless of who you are, where you live, around the country, around the world, where you're watching this, the lesson, I think, is substantial and important here. And it is, if you have an opportunity to tell your loved ones that you love them, take advantage of that because life is fleeting and short. No matter who we are, no matter how talented we are, no matter how untalented, no matter how good or bad we may be on any given day, it can all come to an end in a hurry. And so with that opportunity, I think everybody out there can focus more on the positives in their lives and less on the negatives. And the one thing I'll say uh, about social media in general is it seems like most people are focusing on the positives of Kobe Bryant's life. I'm not saying Kobe Bryant was perfect. I'm not saying he didn't commit uh, some acts that were egregiously wrong. Uh, but you know what? Most people also in their lives have a lot of different positives and negatives. And when someone dies, I tend to be a person who wants to focus almost exclusively on uh, the uh, on the positives. Now, it wasn't just Kobe Bryant who died. Nine people died on that helicopter. They need to do an investigation, figure out what happened. Why did the helicopter go down? Uh, what was it? The fog? Was it uh, uh, the, the helicopter having a mechanical issue? Uh, that's all something that will be determined in the next, you know, probably several months before all is said and done there. Uh, but uh, but I think the, the big takeaway here is uh, if you're a parent, 
uh, hug your kids. If you are a kid, tell your parents you love them um, and focus on the people when you can that matter the most to you in life instead of allowing uh, negativity to, uh, to blossom in your interpersonal relationships. I uh, appreciate all of you. Uh, my name is Clay Travis. This is Outkick the Show. I'm just going to do this recollection on Kobe right here. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to be on lock it in. We're talking Kobe today at uh, four 30 Eastern and, uh, we will be, uh, we'll be breaking down everything there. Um, and then I'll be live again. Like I always am six to 9 AM Eastern on, uh, outkick the show. Uh, so, uh, you're right. Lakers Clippers are playing on Tuesday. It should be an incredible environment. I want to give props to the NBA. I think they handled this well. Uh, there were some people on social media who said, oh, we got to cancel all the basketball games. I don't think that's what Kobe would have wanted. It's an easy emotional response sometimes to overreact. I think Kobe would have been the first person to say, go out and play these games. Kobe's work ethic and his dedication to his craft, he would have been the first person to say, the way to honor me is to go play those basketball games. I think the NBA got it right there. I do believe that the Clippers game against the Lakers on Tuesday in Los Angeles will be an unbelievable environment. I think, and we talked about this a lot on the show, I've spent a decent amount of time in Los Angeles. I know that Kobe Bryant's connection to the community of Los Angeles was massive. Uh, I know that he united people of all different economic backgrounds, all different races, ethnicities, religions. Uh, he was the king of Los Angeles. And his uh, in death, he has united a lot of people in the Los Angeles area even more so. Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's just an awful, tragic situation that I know people all over uh, Southern California are dealing with uh, in a way that maybe other parts and people in other parts of the world are not. Um, 24 second and eight second violations, I agree, were great tributes in the NBA. I think you got to give credit uh, to them over the way this happened. I will say this. I think we need to discuss it a little bit. The media gets a lot of things wrong uh, when these awful, tragic stories happen. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is difficult when you see major news organizations, for instance, report that all of Kobe Bryant's daughters died in the plane uh, in the helicopter crash. I think it is, uh, it's difficult with the amount of things that are wrong uh, when situations like these happen. And there were a lot of different news organizations that got a lot of things wrong. Uh, and social media magnifies that in the wake of tragedy. Um, and uh, I just think it's, it's, it's better to be late uh, by far than to be first and wrong, especially about something that's this significant. So I have been encouraged by the outpouring of positivity in general, uh, but, uh, but the, the failure of the media was a big part of this story early on as well. Uh, all right. Uh, I love all of you. My name is Clay Travis. Any questions? Uh, if you want any questions right now about Kobe, I can respond to a couple of them really quick. Um, again, I tried to contextualize it. It reminds me of Princess Di. For those of you who have lived uh, long enough to remember 1997, the outpouring of grief that existed in England and around the world when Princess Di uh, had her uh, traffic accident in Paris, I believe it was, and died totally unexpectedly uh, and left behind Prince William and Prince Harry at such a young age. Uh, it feels a lot like that to me with Kobe Bryant, obviously rooted in America instead. And I think a big part of that is Princess Di became a, uh, a princess at such a young age that England felt like they grew up with her. And I feel like a lot of people in America feel like they grew up uh, with Kobe Bryant as well. 
Um, and so uh, I, I think that's the easiest analogy I can draw. There are lots of famous athletes uh, over the years that unfortunately have had untimely demises, uh, whether it's Payne Stewart, whether it's Dale Earnhardt Sr., uh, whether it is uh, Roberto Clemente, Thurman Munson, a lot of those guys, the Marshall team uh, over the, uh, the, the, uh, the days. Um, that is, uh, that's difficult. No, I never met Kobe, never met Kobe. So I don't have an individual story about his personality or, uh, or any kind of relationship there. Uh, I just, uh, I've never done it. So, uh, I viewed and have my opinions completely based on, uh, Kobe from an external, uh, external location definitely puts a, a somber spirit on the Super Bowl. I did my radio show from radio row, uh, down here. Usually everybody's focused on the Super Bowl would normally be all chiefs, all 49ers talk and we did three straight hours on Kobe we're doing most of our lock it in show on Kobe and uh, we're doing uh, we're doing Kobe uh, as well uh, pretty much media all media every day I think that'll start to change a little bit as the week progresses but it definitely puts a, a somber feeling on the Super Bowl down here in Miami which uh, isn't normally uh, the case uh, all right. I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. You can always share out, kick the show. We try to do this every single day. I got to go get ready for TV. Um, and uh, my name is, like I said, Clay Travis, DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Uh, go hug and kiss the ones you love. You don't know when the last opportunity to do that is going to happen. If you take nothing else away from this, how about ending every telephone conversation with your kids, with your wife, with your husband, with your, uh, with your parents, with the people that you care about and love the most? by saying, I love you uh, as often as you can. I think that is a lasting and important legacy all around. I'll see you guys.